area or somewhere I'm going to be at or, you know, somewhere you want me to come to, just, you know, try to get them a female number and I'll come. He's like, okay. So. Look. Let, let me ask you something. Because you're a performer, whether you realize it or not. You're a performer now. Um, ever since I first saw you perform your poetry, I've been a fan of yours. I don't know if I told you that, but I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, is it weird sometimes to interact with a fan about how good you are? I mean, because don't, don't get me wrong, you're, you're very humble, but you also know what you're capable of. Is it still a little odd to you when people approach you about your poetry? Man, <laughs> you have no idea. Because for y'all, y'all can appreciate what I do. For me, I only see room for improvement. Mm. So it's like when people come and show me so much love, it's like, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. You know what I'm saying? Because me, I hear it. I know how I practice it at home. Y'all don't. Mm. So it's like, at home, there are times when, you know, tears start rolling or, you know, it's a little stuff happens, but it's like, during the performance, I want to be this picture of perfection. So it's like, I don't want none of the the, the mishaps that happen at home to happen in front of the, the crowd. So when I get to a certain point where I know I cry, I usually cry at home, I try to pull it back. Y'all don't feel that moment when I feel it, but it's like, for me, I'm going through this heritage where it's like, I don't know if I'm taken away from from the mood of the crowd or if I'm still hiding, I guess you could say. Still trying to hide. Can I, can I interject on that? Yes. Okay, <laughs> last time I seen you perform was at the Almanetta, right? Uh-huh. And uh, you you did the piece uh, that uh, uh, about uh, hiding who you are for a job, you know, and um, uh-huh. you you at a point you had paused and said, mm, "I'm about to cry," and everybody I don't know if you remember, but everybody said, "Take your time, Queen, you got it." Listen, when I tell you. You were speaking, you were ministering to our souls so much that what you were saying was actually how we were feeling. It was just so sudden we didn't have time to express that same feeling. You you were just hitting us with bar after bar of truth that we felt where you were coming from. And if you were to cry, it wouldn't take away from the performance at all. It's just bearing your transparency. It's showing your truth. You're living what you're writing on pen, You know, excuse me, on pad. And man, look here. I'm gonna give you an example. When Kay Marie does that that piece about Marcus, and every time I've seen her do that piece, it brings her to tears. Her to tears. Yeah. It doesn't take away from it, does it? Yeah, but hers is about love. Mine, I don't write about love because I'm not in that love season. But so still. anytime I try to write love poems, like what she wrote, she wrote that in the moment. I can't write in the moment because that's not where I am. Like, the only time I can write in that moment about love for me is with my boy. But I feel like I have so much 
so much anger and sadness that I've stored up in the last eight or ten years that it's like the shit is oozing out on the page now. So it's like hers is a positive aspect of love. Mine is just, you know, residues, and I'm trying to keep the fuck out. Right. Now, not all tears are happy tears, like you're saying, and that's fine. A lot of us are coping with a cracked heart, and sometimes we need to cry in order to to let that crack heal. And seeing someone demonstrating what we're feeling and allowing a tear to drop doesn't take away from the performance at all. It shows us that it's okay. That's why that gentleman approached you, because he felt a connection. So I, I, I'm i not telling you how to do your, your piece, but I'm just telling you this. If you were to drop a tear, I promise you we wouldn't worry about it. We would not have an issue with it at all. At all, Ebony. Because yeah, we, we, we... tell me that all the time, too. It's see? just for me, I still see... Not for anybody else, but for me, I still see my tears as weakness. So it's a mind thing. Who told I'm you that? Trying to get past that. Who, who, to, who told you that? Nobody told me that. That's just how I've always. Okay, growing up, I've always been the one. It's like I'm the middle cousin. So like I'm the the big cousin to all the little cousins, but I'm also the little cousin to the big cousins. But mm-hmm. my big cousin is never around. So. In my mind, it's like I'm the big sister to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever seen your big sister cry? That's, that's the thing. It's like, you don't ever see your mama cry. You don't ever see your daddy cry. You don't ever see your older sister cry. Type of thing. I think that's detrimental. I'm going to tell you why. The uh, funny thing, though, is I'm the only child. So, it's like, what right. people think of as the only child is a crybaby. And it's like, in my mind, I'm the opposite of that. Listen, showing that you are human is never a weakness. Acknowledging emotions validate what other people are feeling. That's that's been the purpose of my point this entire conversation. You may have people under you that's looking at you that may need to cry. A cry is definitely needed to flush out an emotion, to to get over some things. But as long as you're holding on to that hurt, you're not healing. So when when you, a staple to someone else, an, an, an example, and a strong person to someone else takes time out to cry and, and, and let emotions process, that's the strongest thing I've ever seen. So I think you need to come out that mindset, sis. That's going to hinder you. Because that's, that's another thing that I write a lot about, like, uh, I don't know if people that have heard more than one of my poems have caught on to this, but just about every one of my poems kind of hints on the fact that emotions, you know, emotions are weak, weak or weakness, mm. or that's how I look at it. I think that's one reason why I kind of don't really gravitate towards females as much, mm-hmm. because... In my mind, for some reason, I see women as the less dominant. Mm. But it's it's funny because now I also have, like, I straddle the fence. I guess it's because I'm a fucking Capricorn. Like, I'm learning <laughs> the Capricorn straddle the fences on a lot of shit. But it's like, on one end, 
see women as being less dominant, but on the other end, I see them as being more dominant. I and understand. I don't understand how I can think both at the same time. Because, sis, it's a duality. It's a duality. There's nothing that's comes in absolutes. Like, in, in this physical manifestation of a world we have, everything has a balance of two parts. Light, darkness, happiness, sadness, uh, good, evil. Everything has two parts. So, where you feel like emotionally emotions can be a weakness they are also a strength because for every sad story there can be a positive happy outcome it's up to you to to go through the lows to get to the highs there's no mountain that you can climb where you start at the top at all you always have to start at the bottom and start climbing same thing with emotions you you can't really enjoy and understand happiness Unless you've experienced grief and sadness. So it's not a weakness at all. Because it comes with day-to-day life. Because, you know, that, that points out another point. It's like, in the back of my mind, happiness and sadness live in the same house. They do. And they married to each other. <laughs> exactly. They and that's married what... to each other. That's why, that's what it is for me. It's like, I don't want the happiness if I got to deal with the sadness too. That's impossible, that sis. That's impossible. It is impossible, but that's how I think now. Mm. So you rather not deal with it at all rather than, you know, deal with the sadness portion of it? I'm not risk averse. Let me ask you something, then. Well, I am risk averse. <laughs> Meaning that I try to steer away from risk. There we go. I, I get that. But you can't avoid every bad time. Um, no, but I don't have to go for the thing that makes me the happiest because the thing that makes me the happiest will inevitably make me the saddest, too. True, true. And, and that's where faith comes in. That's why... I've always heard the expression that love is a gamble. And it I don't think they meant that in terms of putting yourself out there and, you know, approaching someone, getting to know them and all that. I really think that means the beauty of love, and this is just me, just hear me out for a second. I think the beauty of love is taking a chance at bearing who you are to someone, at the possibility of meeting that person that will accept you who you are and will stick with you through good and bad. I feel like if you were to take that gamble, take that chance and really strike someone and meet your ideal mate, I think that's the greatest gamble you can make. I think it's worth the shot. It's like somebody playing the lottery, but refuse to play the lottery because they don't want to spend the five bucks, but they want to win the money, but they don't want to spend the five bucks to buy the ticket. Yeah, I don't want to spend my five dollars. I don't play the lottery. Me either. <laughs> me either. <laughs> so I think you just kind of helped me <laughs> figure out why I'm like that right now. I got I got too much to lose. Five dollars could potentially get me a little bit further than what nothing would get me in my tank. That's true. That's true. But J. Cole so said... If I had to pick from... 
So I had to pick, just like, um, <laughs> just like on the temptation. When he asked, would you spend your last $2 on this album or a sandwich? I'm going to take the sandwich all day, bro. Right. But I, I hear you, though, sis. Um, Because I, I, a few years ago, and I, I, I don't know how much older I am than you, but I'm probably maybe about five years older than you. I went so through this. Really? So you said 32, right? Yeah. I'm going to be 30 in December. Damn, Ebony, I, I could have swore you was like 26, 27. Black nah, don't crack, bro. Huh? How old did you think I was when I had kids? I, look here, look. I <laughs> look. I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet. Um, but um, but I I, uh, I I I I really hope. Yeah, one day, you you come to the conclusion that sometimes it is worth the shot. I mean. Look at it like this, Ebony. You you was in the the building when Casey proposed. Oh, uh, I actually missed the proposal. Oh, you weren't there? I was I was in the building, just not at that moment. Oh, you suck, Ebony. I was finna give I you know. a comparison. But Man, my, my ride is always late. That's why I usually leave his ass. <laughs> but at that moment. At at that exact moment when he called her up there, Ebony, everyone in that restaurant was in the presence of true love. True love was in was right there at that moment. And Casey took a gamble and and went for it and it paid off for him. So I feel like if if Casey can find it, I feel like you can. Yeah. I understand. I I was that. Nah, man. it's I, not that I'm not hearing you. I'm gonna say that's the one I needed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm just I'm just relaying. How do I put this? Two years ago, I was you. Okay. Two years okay, ago, well, I was yeah, you. I'm, I'm right at the I'm at, I'm right at the right point then. <laughs> right. So I'm just passing the piece of info that was passed to me. So right. it's it's possible. It's possible. You just have to be open to it. You have yeah. you, you have to be open I to it. I got a lot of self a lot of personal issues to deal with first. Oh, don't get it twisted. So do I. I just got through recording a session by myself talking about that. I'm reading books about fatherhood and I'm not even a dad. But I, I just want to figure some stuff out about myself before I go, you know, who knows? I might have a kid next year. You know, I don't know. But yeah. I want to understand myself more, you know, so I'm reading more books. I'm studying more. I'm meditating more. Um, I just want to be an all around better person. A book about fatherhood doesn't necessarily mean information pertains solely to having a child. True, true. Um, relationship just like any other. True, you're absolutely right because this is Dwayne Wade's book I'm reading and it's about he had it rough growing up but he turned it around. He had right. instrumental people that were um, dedicated to his success and I feel like everybody needs a mentor that is dedicated to seeing them grow. I've had several. I've been blessed 
to have people push me or use their influence to help me. And I, that's why I'm doing the same thing through this podcast, right. through other people. Any way I can help, I'm going to help because at the end of the day, we all going to die, cuz. And I, I just want to leave this place better than I found. That's it. My clock is ticking. I don't know how much time I got left. So I could either BS and not do anything or do what I love and give back to this community to help shape me into who I am. Right. So, yeah. Man, we begin to some, uh, the rabbit hole. Um, but uh, with that, we're going to hop into your business minute segment, ma'am. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> yeah, with that, we're going to jump right into it. So this is what I'm going to do. Oh, did you have any questions about the questions that I sent you? Any at all? Uh, <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what I was going to say. What you mean, what you going to say? Huh? What you mean, what you going to say? Because I'm technically unemployed, like... Well, you can talk about your poetry. See, that's the thing about a business minute. It doesn't always have to be about a business or your career. It could be a hobby. You, whether you realize it, you're an entertainer. Like I said earlier, woman, you are a poetess. You are a song maker. You are a muse. You're part of Black on Black Rhyme. Am I right? That's what I was saying. Um, it's not official until the initiation, so I'm okay. technically... So I'll yeah. steer away from those words. I'll just say you're a poet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's what I was gonna mention earlier. I didn't know if I could put that okay. on, you know, the docket. Okay, no, we'll we'll hold off on that, and that's cool. That's cool. But because I think I think they say it's looking like September, so I don't know if hey, I can release that yet. My nigga, proud of you. Um, I ain't signed no papers. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Uh, all right. So this is what I'm gonna do. No, I'm freelancing. Freelance ain't nothing wrong with that. Listen, I see this is this is how we get into the rabbit hole. This is why we can't just have like a single conversation. Shit just be going everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been watching this cat named Joey Diaz. Right, he's a Cuban cat who was raised by an Italian family because his mom and dad died when he was young. But he's a com- comedian. But he's always talking about. How he started from the bottom, did comedy here and there, here and there, here and there. He got his own Netflix special, but he still goes back to where he was, like you said, doing freelance comedy. Just coming up every now and again, he said he would open and then he would host his own show, you know, at different places. So he was still, you know, connected to his roots. I feel like you're doing the same thing. Ebony, I, I don't tell you this, but I'm so proud of you. I see you performing at all these different places. I see your name and picture on these flyers. And I'll be like, that's my dog. I've actually seen her perform before. Like, I'm 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 legit proud of you. Like, I don't know if I ever told you that, but seriously, I I am 100 percent proud of you because I don't care what nobody say. You come from Mississippi to bless us in Mobile, and I still say you one of the top poets in Mobile. <laughs> Real shit, real shit, because you elicit a response. It's so many people that I've seen go up and do poetry in the crowd be like, "Eh, 
But when they hear you come up and you get up there and you speak, man, you capture everybody's attention. Every time. Every time. I just hate I can't make it to all your events because, hell, if you had a T-shirt, I'd buy it. That's what I'm trying to do, man. I'm trying to get from in order so I can do it. But I ain't got no stage name. Every time I come up with something, people be like, like, Huggy, him and Poetic Nature, they ain't dogged me out, but they made me feel bad because I was drunk. So, of course, I was in my fitness. But they was like, they hated every single name I put on my little poetry page trying to figure out a stage name. I was like, he was like, well, you got to have a name that means something. And I was like, everything that I put on there meant something. I was like, okay, the name that I put on the page, Babe the Poet. My granddaddy called me Babe from the time I was born because he couldn't say Ebony. So mm. he always called me Babe. That, that was what he called me, you know. So it's like he ain't here to call me Babe. So now at least I get to hear it. But it's like I feel like that name is still too precious for just random people I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. that. I respect that. That's sacred. That's sacred territory. So I'm like, yeah, I got to renew that name. Can't say that. Plus, people was like, it don't sound like a poet name. But then it's like the other names, they meant something. You know, it's not like they were just random names. Well, I don't know. Just don't even focus on that right now. Like we said, the nicknames are never names you pick anyway. They're assigned to you. Yeah. Well, Don't. everybody keeps trying to do the Ebony Goddess or Ebony's a Goddess. And I'm like, nigga, I, I don't feel like no goddess. I don't know what a, a fucking goddess is. Can I be honest with like, you? I feel like the goddess is getting stereotypical. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, like, I don't I don't feel like I write on the goddess type level. Like, I don't talk about the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the midway. <laughs> it ain't... <laughs> That ain't me. I talk about stuff that I know. I talk about stuff that I invisible. I talk about stuff that I feel like people don't think too much about that they need to think more about. Mm. I feel that. Oh. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. You know, your name will come to you indirectly. It'll it'll fly to you and it'll stick. Whatever it is, got to have it in it, though. That's all I know. Yeah. Because I, I use that stereotypes in my poems a lot. Mm. I don't I don't use Ebony as, you know, just myself. I use it as all black women. I love it. So. I love it. And what's crazy is you've inspired me to start back writing. But Ebony, I'll be about to to go to an open mic and just share one. And I just won't. <laughs> I just won't. And the crazy thing is Why not? Ebony, I'm not scared of performing. Because I used to be in a poetry club where I used to spit every Friday. Different pieces. Like, every week. Um, but I I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, nobody can pressure you to do something you don't want to do. You feel like that's not, you know, a part of who you want to be, then, you know. No, no, no. It's, it's not that. It's just... The bug, usually I hear something fire and be like, all right, I'm going to go up there and spit this. I just haven't been hit with that just yet. Not saying that Um, nobody fire has inspired me, but I just haven't felt the urge to go up there and present something I feel worth, you know, spitting to a crowd. Because when I do write something, 
I refine it. I, I go through it like a fine tooth comb several times over. And um, yeah. I just haven't found that piece to, to give to someone because some of my pieces won't make sense to people. You know, I feel like... Um, like yeah, that, but you just got to pick your crowd, though. I've learned it. another uh notch on your belt you know performing in front of a distraction so, just gonna refine it yeah right? drinking water mm-hmm. shouldn't have squoze the bottle went down the wrong pipe first yep. <laughs> all right i'm back okay you ready you finna hop to it you got it, Ebony. You, you, you perform in front of the <laughs> results. <laughs> you got this, I promise. Right, and then I'm laying comfortably in my bed. So. That's good. That's good. And, uh, a lot of times when I'm doing business, man, it's people that go and stand next to the TV or in the kitchen and shit, and I can hear everything they're doing. It's pissing me off. But I digress. 